Chris Tire Information Whiskey, 2153 Zulu, wind 0605. Zero, zero, Seriously, Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Hazardous weather information from Minnesota available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast, connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport. Our checklist is complete, and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. We're coming at you from Oshkosh 2023. On this episode, we sit down with the CEO of Cirrus, Sean Nielsen. He'll talk to us about the roots of the company, their aircraft, and their newly announced private pilot training program. All from the Cirrus tent at AirVenture 2023. So strap in and let's take off for this special edition of the Fly Midwest Podcast. Well, welcome back everyone to the Flying Midwest Podcast. I, my name is Maddie, I'm here with Jim, and we are live at Oshkosh. How are you doing? Whew, sweaty, hot, but having fun. How are you doing? Uh, same. Very much the same. <laughs> so right now we are, again, live from Oshkosh. We have a lot of content coming for you in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. This is the first of many episodes that we will be releasing. Today we had the opportunity to speak with some people from Cirrus and demonstrate their new private pilot program. That's right. At uh, this year's AirVenture on Monday, they made the big announcement that they're introducing their own private pilot program that consists of all the standard things you'd expect from a private pilot program, but geared towards Cirrus and standardization. We also had the privilege of speaking with the CEO of Cirrus, Sean Nielsen. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting conversation we'll bring you in a few minutes where he talks not about just the private pilot program, but also Cirrus as a whole, uh, their beginnings, and uh, just their fleet of aircraft that are available to pilots out there. So um, that'll be a fun conversation we'll bring you in just a few minutes. But before I do that, so Maddie, you also had the opportunity to run through some of their new products uh, with Alex. Tell us a little bit about that and how that experience felt for you. So, like Jim said, the private pilot program from Cirrus is a completely integrated, fully Cirrus-centric flight training program. And the way that works is that there's both an online school and it integrates with flight training. So this is all online and can be taken whenever, wherever. Cirrus has pulled out all the stops with this one. They have completely rewritten a lot of the material that is generally used for the private pilot rating including the entire PHAC. So the Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge has been transformed into the Cirrus Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge. The PHAC is now the C-HAC. So they have completely rewritten the program to be very Cirrus-centric, to make everything streamlined, understandable, and to have a timeline. So I got to demonstrate um, a little bit of the program and how it works. It is very integrated and there is a lot of interactivity with the program. Is that the word you were thinking of? It was, thank you. Thank you. I just came out of my brain. I got to test this out myself. Although the avionics in these airplanes are very similar to the Garmin G1000, it does have some unique features that are, well, unique to Cirrus. 
I got to learn their system via their program. It was pretty cool. I also got to sit in a simulator of sorts. It took me through some buttonology and putting in flight plans, that sort of thing. And then I got to test it in the vision jet simulator and how they integrate that and how they transition people from the SR line to the SF line. So that was pretty cool. And I'm blessed to have the opportunity to do that. That was really fun. So yeah, the way that it looks from, you know, me as the bystander watching and taking photos and video and stuff, um, there's basically the idea being three different sections of each uh, lesson, so to speak. So you've got the interactives that they talked about with us where you start out on an iPad and there's prompts and things like that. Then you move into the same type of scenario on the iPad where the prompts are more delayed to see if you are able to get that buttonology. And then you move into more of a panel that is... Um, identical to what you would have in the airframe that you're flying Mm -hmm. um, and do that same buttonology there before you get in the airplane. So the idea being you go through these three different steps and you're saving time, um, not running up the hobs while you're trying to figure out buttonology. Exactly. In the world of today, we have a very big focus on avionics and the controlling the cockpit. So this cockpit management system is essentially what this is and teaching pilots to understand is actually going to make the training more streamlined and more understandable because flying the plane isn't hard. Figuring out what the plane is doing is the harder part. So um, it's really cool to see what Cirrus has and how they are streamlining even just the process of buying an airplane. So we will talk about that also in a little bit with Sean. So without further ado, um, we'll jump over to our interview with Cirrus CEO, Sean Nielsen. So I will get us started here. So first of all, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time sure. and um, the opportunity to talk a little bit more about Cirrus. Um, as with us, obviously, being a Midwest podcast, and there's very strong roots to your company within um, Minnesota, the Midwest, North Dakota. So, again, thank you so much for being part of that. No problem. Thanks for being here. Um, on that, um, can you tell us a little bit about the story of how Cirrus got started in the history? Sure. <clears throat> so, I think we were founded in 1984. Um, uh, I think, actually, I know that, uh, you know, far back. <laughs> but, uh, obviously, you know, they, they began tinkering with um, you know uh, various projects before that, but the actual founding of the company was in Baraboo, Wisconsin, in, in 1984, by two brothers, um, Alan and Dale Klapmeyer. And uh, uh, like so many sort of startups, it started in, a, in, in not in a garage but in a barn, and then uh, you know they soon outgrew that and, and moved to Duluth. Um, and Grand Forks. Um, there was some seed money from both cities that you're interested in, in, um, in sort of helping a company start up and so forth. And that's uh, one of the reasons why we ended up in two different um, you know, states. So we make our composite material in Grand Forks. Okay. So wings, and fuselage and all that stuff. And then we assemble it all in, in Duluth and we fly it down to Knoxville uh, where we today deliver all the airplanes and we do all the, the training and like basically all the customer facing stuff usually takes place down in Knoxville. Okay, so within the Midwest, how many employees do you think you have between so, Duluth and Grand So the Forks? total number of employees uh, worldwide is about 2,500 people. Oh, wow. Um, and, but we have essentially in the last two and a half years uh, almost doubled it. Like, so we've hired more than 1,000 people in the last wow. two years alone. Um, the vast majority uh, are in the campus in Grand Forks and, uh, uh, and Duluth. So we're, we're, I think we're about 1,600 people in Duluth about 500 in, uh, in Grand Forks and then 250 or so 300 down in in, uh, in Knoxville Tennessee and then the rest is sort of spread out um, but the vast majority are in North America okay yeah. so um, what kind of models do you guys have available for your customers so we've got essentially two platforms but 
four models. So the two platforms is the SR uh, series, and then we've got the Vision Jet, which is uh, the jet. So within the SR series, we've got the SR-20, which was the first airplane we, uh, we launched back in the day, um, more than 20 years ago now. And then the, later on came the 22, which essentially is, is a, the same airframe, but a bigger and more capable engine, so it, it can carry more, go faster, you know, and so forth. Um, and then later on came the 22T, which is a tourable, and that can actually go to uh, 25,000 feet and has oxygen uh, on it. It's not pressurized, but it's got like cannulars and, oh, sure. and oxygen. And then in 2016, we launched the Vision Jet. And in 2017, so basically the first year after its arrival, we won the Collier Award for the Vision Jet, which is essentially is sort of the Super Bowl of, of uh, aviation, if you will, uh, where companies like Boeing and Lockheed Martin and us and you know NASA and you know sure. everybody sort of competes uh, for this like pre prestigious you know trophy which is all about advancing aviation or safety within aviation or aerodynamics or so it's basically it's you know really uh, advanced stuff and we won for the vision jet because nice. we were the first uh, single engine jet that put a parachute on the airplane um, so they are sort of like it, it's it's difficult to do if you think about like something that's going like 300 miles an hour through the sky, weighing several thousand pounds, and like bringing that to a, a halt safely, right, without passengers inside, you know, um, um, coming, you know, across any harm, and then gently sitting them down on the ground. I like guess from an engineering perspective, really, really hard to do. You could imagine like you know just the unfolding a process sure. and slowing it down right yeah. this is an enormous amount of pressure on the airframe so sure. but we continue to sort of evolve um, and add on to them and so the, the, the platforms are really never sort of state uh, stale if you will like for instance we just launched uh, sort of two new features on the jet um, one of them is a, a more advanced radar and the other and the second feature is Sirius IQ which essentially is this little app um, that allows us to remotely uh, connect to the aircraft and get data around like uh, the last flight, um, fuel, oxygen, uh, you know, any sort of vital sounds on, on the aircraft. Essentially now, okay. it's, it's kind of like a Tesla, we have like a pipe all, you know, uh, we can communicate back and forth to the airplane remotely. Nice. So what is the most popular model that you have at the moment? Um, so it's a good question. Uh, the highest volume um, is in the 22T. Okay. Um, which is fantastic. It's it's uh, the highest trim level that we have within the SR portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, but we could probably so so that's about I think fifty five percent of of the of the volume out of the three SKUs. Oh, wow. I can give I can get you the exact numbers, but but it's really uh, the most popular one. And part of that is a lot of our customers over the years sort of graduate from you know the SR twenty to the twenty two T. Uh, sorry, from the SR twenty to the twenty two to the twenty two T. As their you know mission capabilities improve, like they become more advanced pilots, they want to fly further. Oh, okay. or, you know. So they sort of you know start out at an SR twenty, move up to a twenty two, move up to a twenty two T, and then hopefully into the you know into the Vision Jet. So because of the you know we've been around for some you know twenty years you know delivering airplanes uh, or more, a lot of our customers have, have sort of graduated up into the twenty two T. So so that's one of the reasons why. Plus, it's just a fantastic airplane to fly. It's really, it's really fun and fast. So, so, uh, so that's the most uh, 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 coveted model in that, in that sense. Um, followed by the 22, and then the SR20. But the SR20 is also, you could say, production uh, constrained. Um, 
today we're producing roughly 600 airplanes per year across all the four, uh, the four uh, you know, models. So we can only fit in you know, so many of the SR-20s. And um, if we were not production constrained, we could probably add more. Like there's a higher demand for SR-20s than, than we're currently fulfilling. Do you plan to do that in the future? Um, expand production, yeah. So, so we, we right now are fortunate enough to have like a two-year backlog. So essentially everything we can produce the next two years is, is more or less sold. So, so we, are, we are expanding our production you know, capabilities um, methodically, because uh, obviously you never know what the future holds in terms of sure. recessions and other things, but, <laughs> but, but uh, we are expanding every year our production capabilities uh, to basically not say no to anybody. Right? What sets the Cirrus aircraft apart from other general aviation aircraft? Um, I think a lot. Uh, it's a really good question. Um, so we're known for the, you know, being the plane with the parachute, so that's definitely one. Like we are the only certified um, general aviation aircraft with, with a parachute on it. Uh, there are other experimental um, aircraft that you know are tinkering with parachutes, but yeah. we're the only certified one. So that's definitely one big thing. Um, another big thing is this this idea of having a connected experience, like Sirius IQ, um, where you know this man machine interface of, of remotely communicating with with um, with, uh, with the aircraft is. is you know, unique to us. There are other um, solutions like that out there, but not quite connecting the ecosystem. Because we really want you to come to us and be in a sort of uh, service like a one-stop shop. Like today, general aviation, you have to be really, really uh, enthusiastic about wanting to own an airplane or learning how to fly. Right? Sure. So it's sort of a known um, uh, statistic that about 80% of people that start their PPL, their private pilot license, never finish it because they sort of plateau or they you know, uh, get fatigued or life events happens and so forth. We'd like to flip that around, right? So that 80% you know, come through. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we have launched our PPL program. You know, basically a whole syllabus that you can come to us, we will take you from never have flown an airplane before all the way through your training uh, and then into a serious aircraft afterwards, right? Um, the other bit that, that sort of is unique about us, like we help you know, facilitate financing insurance, maintenance, you know, as I mentioned, training. Like, so everything you need to make the airplane experience so similar to just owning a car. Like that's really, we will have arrived, you know, meaning yeah, successfully at, at the day we, we make it feel exactly like owning a car. Like driving it, owning it, getting your driver's license, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because then it's familiar to everybody and it's not so frightening, right? It's just a car with wings. Right, that's essentially what we need to get to, okay. and that's what I think. That's what makes us unique. Where other OEMs sort of make the airplane and then they just send it out into the world, and somebody else does all the other things. Sure, which is cumbersome. It's really like you gotta. You can't just walk down to your local, I don't know, Chase uh, or, or Bank of America and say, "Hey, can you finance an airplane for me?" Like they they don't necessarily do that. Same with your, you know, Allstate might not just insure your aircraft, right? So yeah. you've got to really, like, piece it all together, and we're trying to, like, make it simple in an ecosystem. So I think that's another thing that makes us different. It's a one-stop shop, then, to get yep. all that done. Yep. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then depending on if you get up into the jet, we have uh, Safe Return. Um, so I don't know how much you know about Safe Return, but essentially... It's actually going to be my next question. Oh, so. all right. <laughs> so Safe Return is essentially the sort of the ultimate safety package right when you when you pair that with the with the umbrella you know the the parachute mm -hmm. 
So the way we think about it is, if the pilot becomes incapacitated, a passenger can push that button and the plane will autonomously land itself. If the plane is broken, you can pull the parachute, right? So, so you have sort of like the ultimate, you know, uh, uh, safety package for you know any scenario that could occur. So, what I think is so fantastic about the uh, safe return is uh, a how we have implemented the technology, and there are a couple of other OEMs that are uh, tinkering with the technology. Also, they have chosen to put it up on the dash. Right. Okay. So you can imagine if the unthinkable happens and you know, the pilot you know, becomes incapacitated, now the passenger will have to like, climb over somebody and find that you know, thing. Oh, maybe, sure. maybe you're in the middle of a dive. You know. mm-hmm. It's not very convenient. Right? Um, so, so whereas we put it right above the passenger. Like anybody can reach it. You don't even have to you know, unclick from your, sure. from your safety harness right, or your seatbelt. Right? So it's not just about implementing technology. It's about how you do it that makes a difference. So that's one, one thing. So uh, in a second or less than a second, the, the airplane, you know, once you push the button, will find the most suitable runway. Not just any runway, but the most oh, suitable okay. one. So let's say you're flying over the ocean and there's 200 miles to, to shore. It, it will calculate how much uh, uh, fuel it's got in the wings and, f- and, and, and within that range find the most suitable you know, runway. And then it will navigate around weather, terrain, uh, you know, it, you know, anything that, that, that essentially is it's in its way and find a suitable runway where the winds are acceptable, where the, where the, the runway is long enough to actually break you know, on it and so forth and stop on the runway so the passenger can just open the door and get out. I think that's very unique, also. Right? Um, but so no, but now we're into the jet, um, you know, category, obviously. Um, but but that's just how we think about uh, general aviation. Like, uh, there's only so many people that think about flying, right? So we gotta take down take down all those barriers, right? And one of the first things that people think about is safety. Sure. Right? Yeah. If I'm gonna put my children in it or my spouse in it, like what what um, what do I have to have in place, right? In case something happens to the to the pilot. Because you, I mean, you, you can't assume your passengers know how to fly, right? right so, right. so that's that's um, it's just about how we think about airplanes. Um, you also see that our airplanes sort of have a, a glass cockpit. It, it it reminds you of an iPad when you're up front, right? Sure. And it's something that's familiar, where a lot of other companies will have a bunch of dials, like all these all these switches and things like that, and it's frightening to people to sit up in the front seat, you know, next to the pilot. What if my purse, you know, hits one of the buttons? Or what if my, you know, my kid, like, you know, inadvertently kicks it with their feet or something like that? Um, so so we, we, ha- we have a philosophy of every button that is on the airplane has to earn its way in. If we can automate it, if we can get rid of it and put it into the, into the avionics package, we try and do that just to simplify it. Like, um, there's no reason somebody has to flip a switch if we can automate it. An exciting thing that you guys have introduced at AirVenture this year is your new private pilot program. So talk to us about that program itself, like the, the development of it, how you guys yeah. came up with it, things like that. Sure. It's uh, a great question. So um, so I joined the company, what is it now, four and a half years ago. And one of the things I asked our uh, chief pilot um, uh, about was, okay, so, all right, and you never know when you're done. Right? Okay. So, so, so it, and, and I think that's why about like eighty percent of people like really give up. Yeah. Right? You yeah, stop. Absolutely. You stop this process. It's so um, like when, what, what do I do next? You know, what, where, where should I? Uh, uh, first of all, which 
syllabus should I you know sign up for? Should I take sporties or kings or yeah. whatever that's out there? Then you got to make a decision. Okay, once I've decided to do that, what kind of airplane do I want to learn to fly in? You know, is it a Cirrus or a Cessna or a Piper or whatever? Then you got to find a flight school that's close to you. Then you got to find an instructor that's not going to be you know at another flight school five months from now, right? Because it might take you a while to get through the yeah. syllabus. Then you got to decide how much time you know you put into it and and and. and. So something that could be that can be relatively compact is spread out over a long period of time. And, and I don't think it should be like that. It should be like you should be able to go deposit like your coin, you know, in the machine, <laughs> yeah. and say, "All right, I can dedicate three hours a week to this." And if I just do that and I follow the syllabus, what am I done? Like so, very predictable. If I just follow this and I'm of average intelligence and you know, like motor skills, then all right, then I should be done, right? Yes, because then people could just you know can fit it into their busy lives, right? So that was like you know goal number one. Goal number two was when you fly, uh, or when you learn to fly, and you use, you know, sporties or kings or something like that, which are all great. They might have one module where the demonstration airplane is a Cessna, and another air, uh, another module where it's a Piper, right? Yeah. And or a Diamond or a, C- a Cirrus or whatever. So yes, you get your driver's license or your pilot license, but you not be, you don't become an expert in the plane that you will actually fly. Sure. Right. So we, for that reason, we want all the content to be all serious, like so that not only are you getting your pilot's license, you are also becoming very very familiar with your own aircraft. Right. Stall speeds, approach speeds, avionics package, like all that kind. Of, it's very it's very usable afterwards. Um, so, so that was like reason number two, and then of course, uh, actually reason number one is safety. Like, so we believe that um, if we can teach you from the ground up, like you can, you you will uh, be better, you know, in a in a series, right? Um, so, so sometimes pilots develop bad habits. We all do, right? Yeah. In life, right? And those have to be unlearned, right? When you, uh, in some cases, unlearned, right? When you when you uh, fly a series. For instance, you land at a faster, you know, uh, uh, pace, right? So if you're coming in, you're used to landing at 60 knots, 65 knots an hour. Well, that's stall speed for us, right? Like so, that's a habit you don't want to carry forward, right? You sure. Yeah. So so um, so safety was you know was our primary focus. Then uh, obviously this predictability uh, was uh, was a secondary focus, and then three, making you an expert in the in the series, right? Rather than just sort of general knowledge of a bunch of airplanes. So those were the three main reasons why we did it. Um, and then uh, the fourth one is really, we believe that our way to grow as a company is to create pilots. Right? So um, in, the, in the market that we play, essentially, you know, tricycle gear, piston airplane, yeah. like, um, we, we today, if you look at gamma statistics, probably have 46% market share, something like that. And every year we grow okay. um, and take you know additional market share. And if we keep at this pace, we will eventually run out of customers to sell to. Right? <laughs> so we need to create a bigger pie. Sure. Right? So to, to create a bigger pie, you gotta make pilots. Right? Yeah. So so uh, so that's that's uh, you know a fourth motivating reason for the PPL program. Okay. Like, uh, helping more people get through that funnel. Yeah. Did that answer your question? It did. Yeah, okay. Very well. yeah. okay. How long did it take to develop that program? Um, I can't imagine I, that's just an overnight, like, we're going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 uh, a lot of work went into it, and we have an incredible team, uh, both of pilots and, and um, 
uh, you know, technical people that can put it all together. And, but but uh, equally important is a lot of our customers, you know, they're they have been off the school bench, you know, for 20 years. Yeah. And, and adults learn different than young people. Like young people can sit on the, in the, in a classroom eight hours a day, right? It's, that's just what they've been conditioned to. That is not how you know our generation you know learns like we get fatigued uh, differently we consume data differently we like doing rather than reading and like all this stuff right so um, we didn't want to just you know uh, create another sort of me too product out there so we took probably three to three and a half four years uh, to make the whole thing now before we had something called Cirrus Embark and Cirrus Approach so that's basically our learning management system and on there, we had a, a bunch of content um, already. So part of the content we, we have, we've developed over many years. And then we layered on a bunch of other things to make a complete syllabus. Right? And now we've connected it all into like a learning platform where it's online and all that stuff. But the real like drive, I want to say probably like three years. And, and uh, I think we spent more than $4 million oh, wow. on developing it. Because yeah. there, I, I might be a little off on the numbers here, but I think there is... Uh, 11 modules with 40 uh, video classes on it, right? So we had to shoot every scene. We had to um, do it all, essentially, right, in, in, a, in a series. So um, I can get you the exact numbers, but it's a lot of video content. Um, and, and the way we wanted to do it was sort of bite-sized chunks where yeah. you do like 15 minutes, 20 minutes of learning, you know, some hands-on tests, and, and then, you know, you go out and you practice it with your instructor, right? So this, you, you, you take the information, you show proficiency in it, right, and you build on that. And so, yeah, it's just, it's exciting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, our, our own staff, you know, uh, so we have a, a, uh, a flying club, so when you uh, become an employee, we, we uh, basically offer you the opportunity to learn uh, how to fly. So our own staff have been guinea pigs in the program, you know, so, so, so we feel pretty good about like, yeah, it works. Okay. Good. It's, it's, uh, people, people like it. It's very sort of gamification, you know, oriented. So. Sure. So is your, um, is the ground school, it's a, yeah, I assume it's like a traditional ground school. Is Essentially, it, yeah. Is yeah. it FAA, you know, meets all the FAA requirements? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you have to go take the actual test at the yes. end yep, of the of FAA, course. but everything <laughs> gets you there. Excellent. Yep. That's really awesome. Yeah. It's, it, uh. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, uh, we, we, we uh, obviously introduced it here at Oshkosh. Um, a few months earlier, we, sh we shared it with the network, so they had a couple of months to sort of look into it, you know, help us refine it further sure. before we make it, made it sort of publicly sure. uh, open. But yeah, it's, uh, it, um, we'll, I mean, the goal, again, is to like invert that pyramid of like only 20% making it through to 80% yeah. like making it through, right? So, so, sure. so we'll see. Well, one other thing that's unique about it is when you sign on, you have an opportunity to search for an instructor at the same time and oh. add an instructor to it, right? Nice. So, um, and I think that's one of the things that, that is challenging for people today. Like, so when, they, when you decide to become a pilot, there's essentially four things that have to sort of match up, right? Uh, your calendar, with the calendar of your instructor and available aircraft, you know, there's always maintenance events yeah. and stuff like that or somebody yeah. else is using it and good weather. Yeah. Like, it's four <laughs> yeah. things, right, that have to, you know, constantly align and they never do. So part of our program is when you sign up with us, 
there are multiple instructors that are available like, and they can all look at where you are in your training uh, status right so they can quickly go online and see oh you've taken these modules all right so you might have trained with Peter yesterday Peter's not available today Paul is he can quickly see okay this is where you left off and I, I can take over and, and continue um, progressing rather than going all the way back and starting over right so this idea of continuity um, and, and coaching is there um, so there's sort of, uh, if you want to, in an instructor, sort of shadowing the process and also notching you if you haven't yeah. taken any modules <laughs> for a while. So, so, uh, so that, should be, uh, that should be a good outcome. Yeah, that sounds great. So obviously you just, you just released this, so we're not going to press too hard. But you, you guys have been doing a lot in the last couple of years. But do you have anything exciting that you can share for the, that you're trying for the future? So uh, we, we've made a habit of not talking about new product launches. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but aside from that, Really? Fine. Yeah, so so we we always try to innovate on all the platforms to make them uh, current, relevant, and connected, and so forth. Like what our big focus is right now is building out that ecosystem so that we are this one-stop shop, right? So that you can learn how to fly with us, finance, you know, uh, insure, do all that kind of stuff, and then. If you want that new car smell or that new airplane smell <laughs> after three, four years, then we can help you trade it in and trade up to the next thing. So basically, also sort of adding that you know piece of the equation. So for us, it's all about making it easy, convenient, safe, uh, and affordable to to uh, fly. And I think a lot of people don't really appreciate like if you really travel a lot, it actually could be cheaper to fly uh, personal. Than than uh, than commercial. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. I just flew from Knoxville yesterday into here. The commercial like coach ticket was five hundred dollars like one way yeah. down down here, right? Um, and in most cases, you can't go straight into Appleton, which is where we flew in. You'd have to go to like Chicago and then a smaller yeah, right. you know, plane here. And yeah. da, da, da. So it's really inconvenient. Lots of time you know is lost. There were five of us in the plane. Like we were in in the jet. Uh, in the vision jet so essentially to book that same trip would have been $2,500 in commercial tickets and probably taken us a half a day at least to get yeah. there right because of all these uh, hopping back and forth the equivalent cost in a vision jet is $750 per hour and it took us an hour and a half to fly down here so call it like a thousand bucks yeah as, a, as opposed to $2,500 commercially so so it is if, if you if you maximize the seats it could actually be as cheap or cheaper than flying, not even business class, but commercial, which is kind of amazing. I suppose in you guys' situation, time is money, so the time that you're doing all that stuff at the airport for a commercial flight, it, it is. you're not, you know, yeah, developing new programs for Cirrus. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. But even, I mean, th th that's true for our customers too, right? Yeah. We have lots of customers who, who um, you know, have businesses, yeah. and they need to be, you know, at a, let's say it's a car dealership that has multiple yeah. you know, branches in different states. This idea of you know, rolling out of bed in the morning, 8, 8 o'clock, fly to one state, have a meeting, fly to another state, have another meeting, and be home for dinner at 6 o'clock, is possible. Like, yeah. Lots of customers do it. Right? And you save the hotel night, you, know, you don't have to spend two days on it, like you can be in and out. Like, so, so that's the serious life that we talk about, that we really want to make easy. So there's the there's the aircraft ownership part of it. There's the safety. There's the you know hangering and storing and financing and maintenance and all that stuff. So we're we're just trying to make that whole equation really easy. 
almost like your Apple iTunes, you know, <laughs> ecosystem. That's probably a lofty goal, but you know, that, that sort of why not? Why shouldn't it be that easy? Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody's thought that way. It's really for, for how long aviation has been around, you know, relatively so, not too long. But you know, there are a lot of manufacturers and a lot of people out there making airplanes and stuff. And I don't think anybody's been as bold to make that jump of why shouldn't it be easy? Because yeah. aviation has always been, yeah, this is pretty difficult. If you can make it through, you're, you're in. Good job. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. Uh, I mean, part of it is it's incredibly capital intensive, right? It's very expensive yeah. to build all that stuff. And, and making money on airplanes to begin with, just the airplane part is hard, right? Um, which is why so many of these airplane companies go up market, right, to make jets and bigger, bigger things where you can be profitable, right? So it's really hard to make money, you know, below, let's call it a million and a half dollars in price. And on top of that, build out all that infrastructure. So, and then I think the industry for so many years have just been like, um, uh, very uh, driven by enthusiasts that they they're okay with the, the difficulty of, of it all like it's almost like a batch of honor like yeah, to make yeah, it through exactly. right yeah. yep. and that's cool that's so cool and, and you know hats off to them but that is not how we make the industry bigger right as, a, as right. an industry like we, we need to make it easy uh, to to, uh, to fly and safe right and that's why you know having the parachute right having the 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 safe return features, like just make it easier, right? Um, there's lots of other features that we want to roll out in the future that you know further, you know, improve safety. So that's what we're focusing on. Not so much what's the next new product. It's like basically how do we make it safer and more convenient to fly? Yeah, I think so. you'll attract a lot of people who is like flying sounds cool, but yeah. those kinds of people. And then that's you awesome. try it, right? And then uh, you you get in the in, in front of an, uh, a Cirrus. And you experience how easy it is, like, um, and and you realize that once you hit autopilot, like really you're controlling the, the airplane with with some dials. You know, it's not really stick and, and rudder at that point. You obviously take off and landing is, but yeah, like flying has changed, um, and I, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Cool. Is there anything else that you want to cover before we wrap up that we haven't thought to ask you? That yeah. I mean, there's so much going on in the, <laughs> in the company. So, so uh, we just opened, uh, or will open here in a few short weeks, uh, a new innovation center in the Midwest, okay. uh, which is uh, in Duluth. So we acquired a building across the runway um, next to the campus that, that we have in Duluth where 300 engineers are going to lift and shift from one building uh, in the manufacturing building over into a 200,000 square foot facility that, um, that used to be an old MRNO uh, building that we have repurposed to our new innovation center. So basically, okay. it's sort of like, you don't have to go to Silicon Valley if you want to be in, uh, in aviation, uh, not in aviation, but in sort of innovation in that yeah. sense. You can do that right here in the Midwest in, in Duluth. Um, so that's going to be really exciting, um, and that, that's obviously where new future programs and products are going to be developed. That's uh, exciting. So, so that's really that's exciting, and it frees up about seventy-five thousand square foot of production space. Okay. So we can continue to expand uh, the, the production capabilities. So, sure. Yeah. So just lots and lots of stuff. That's <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you sitting down with us and You're welcome. sharing a little bit more about Sears. Yeah. Uh, my pleasure. The more people that you know get into flying, the better. So, thank you, you for your time. Yeah, yes, thank you. Thank you.
thank you again to Sean Nielsen for graciously allowing us to interview him for the podcast. Yeah, it was a really good conversation. Um, really informative, and it was great to have that opportunity to chat with him about all the serious things that are going on. So um, a huge thank you to him. But I also want to say thank you to Nadia, who is um, with Cirrus, who helped us arrange all of this. And their hospitality was fantastic through this experience. So Absolutely. A big thank you goes out to the folks at Cirrus. So if you like what we do and you would like to converse with us or have any suggestions, ideas, or you want to come on the podcast, you can contact us on any of our social media. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and we have a Gmail. Podcast at gmail.com. If you really, really like what we do, consider becoming a patron. We are on Patreon. Your support helps us create this content for all of you and bring it to you and helps cover some of the costs that are associated with creating a podcast. And not only that, for your contribution, you will have access, exclusive access to a lot of our bonus content and to some of our blog content as well. Check it out. Yeah, you better. <laughs> well, it's been fun, but I think this episode, unfortunately, like all good things, must come to an end. That's right. And we have more Oshkoshing to do, and uh, more of that will come to your ears in the near future. <laughs> so be sure to check that out. We'll also have some video content that we're collecting um, and some video interviews. So make sure you check all that stuff out on our YouTube as well as anywhere you get our podcasts. So until next time. See ya. See ya. Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day.